What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Don't Fret podcast. My name is D. Fretter. I'm a poet and spoken word artist from just outside of Vancouver, BC, Canada. One of my favorite things to do is sit down with another creative and have a conversation about what they do, why they do it, mental health, self-love, and other things like that. This is a podcast where I have those conversations, record them, and then share them with you. Before we get into the episode, it would mean the world to me if you would hit the subscribe button. Not only will that ensure that you never miss another episode, but it'll also help expand the show. I bet you're thinking to yourself, there's no way Dee's going to interview yet another author this season. And you'd be wrong. This week on the podcast is Alexis Menez. We get into her growing up years uh, with a single mother in a multi-generational home, growing up in Southern California, how she got into reading and writing, love of stories and literature, representation, body positivity or body neutrality, self-love, fandom culture, and all kinds of other stuff. It's a really good conversation. I walked away from this podcast episode recording thinking, think i made a new friend which is pretty dope so i hope you enjoy this episode and without further ado let's get on with it so i grew up in southern california um i lived on and off with my grandparents um we kind of had like a multi-generational thing going on because um my mom was a single mom uh, for most of my life mm-hmm. so um we grew up in this city called Moreno valley it's kind of um it's definitely different. So I, I was bused into school. My mom would drive me out to school in like this really nice place to like um, have like access to better teachers and stuff. So like I kind of ping ponged back and forth between these two cities out here called uh, Marietta, like Temecula area, and then Marino um, Valley, which is like near this bigger city called Riverside. So I kind of grew up bouncing back and forth between two places. Oh yeah, was that was that kind of chaotic or? That was just probably normal for you, right? Because you didn't know any different. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking back, it, it was very chaotic. <laughs> but um, it kind of just was normal for me to like stay the night at my friends' houses, like on school nights, and like right. bounce around that way, and like always have a bag packed and stuff. So yeah, looking back, it, it was chaotic, but like you know, I feel like it it was a big part of just like my normalcy of my teen and childhood years. For sure. And then, you know, growing up single mom and stuff like that, how, how was that? Like, did she eventually, did you get, did she get married ever while you were a kid or anything like that? Um, she got married a couple years after I was born to my sister, my sister's dad. Okay. Um, but then they had a really, uh, messy divorce mm-hmm. and she hasn't remarried since. And I, I can't really blame her. It was very, uh, intense, but yeah, yeah, yeah so sure. she's still doing the single mom thing, which is, cool. you know, props to her she's done she's done it for a long time so yeah i'm proud of her yeah shout out to single moms everywhere we appreciate you we respect you we love you um and is it just you and your sister or are there other siblings uh yeah just the two of us um which was was cool growing up we're super close so oh that must be nice yeah yeah she's like my best friend so i'm really grateful that i had her because i think it made my childhood a lot easier having like a second person to share it with wow can't that just blew my mind what crazy (laughs) no i'm kidding um me and my younger half brother we're pretty tight but other than that me and my siblings don't we're not yeah we're not cool like that but that's really sweet like i always love hearing about siblings that like love each other and get along and stuff because you know i don't know i think family is important or whatever sometimes it's complicated but yeah for sure 
I'm really lucky. I, I think it's kind of a rarity to how close we are, especially because we like technically are half siblings, but we grew up in the same house our entire life. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not just, you know, blood that ties people together. You yeah. Know? Um, that's really, that's really cool. So, uh, when did writing come into play in your life? Was that pretty early or later? Uh, yeah, it was something I've always been passionate about. Like since I, it was like the subject that I was good at as a kid and like that kind of like validation made me like really wanted to keep doing it like creatively instead of just in class, Mm -hmm. like writing essays was all good and stuff. When I was like, I think in first grade, it really kind of like sparked for me, um, as like a love for writing. Like I would write poetry a lot. Um, growing up, which I'm sure you can relate to. Um, but yeah, poetry was always my thing growing up. And then I dabbled a little bit in short stories, but like never really like had the formal kind of like training to do that. And I thought that was like kind of necessary when I was younger. So I never really pursued it. But since I was little, uh, writing's always been a really big thing, like presence in my life. Right on. Yeah. Um, that's dope. Uh, you know, it's funny. I actually didn't consider myself much of a writer until... Like I was probably twenty or something like that. Um, I was uh, I was more of like a like I, I definitely would have said I was like a an artist or whatever because I liked to draw. But um, my poetic background was like it came from freestyle rapping with my friends, and it was like a game we would play where we just like stand around and insult each other with rhymes <laughs> or whatever. And then I wanted to be a musician for a really long time. And then lockdown happened. So then uh, I stopped playing music. I was pretty burnt out. Like I'd been pursuing music for 11 years and had failed kind of like I just hadn't gained any traction. And, you know, I I think my singing voice is it's some people really like it, but a lot of people really don't because I just have a unique sounding voice and, you know, just didn't have the the marketing money or whatever you need to kind of make it as a musician. So I, I just kind of kept writing lines. And then my wife was like, I like your poetry. And I was like, what are you talking about? What? Poetry? <laughs> I'm no Shakespeare or whatever. And she's yeah. like, nah, dog, this is, this is poetry. You know, check, check some of these other people out. And I did and kind of never looked back. I love that. That's awesome. That like, your partner saw the like potential and like what you were doing and was like encouraging that. That's so cool. She's amazing for that kind of thing. She's really good at um, pointing out things that I haven't noticed, you know, especially about myself. Like she's really good at clocking it. Cause I, you know, I'm a daydreamer head in the clouds kind of whatever. And then she's very grounded and practical. So she's like, Oh, Hey, this thing about you. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Totally. Sometimes, sometimes I'd be a man about it. I'm like, no. And then I'll come around like three months later and be like, you know, I was thinking this. And she'd be like, ugh, dude, I already said this like months ago. I feel like sometimes it's hard to accept things about ourselves, especially positive things. Like we need time to kind of like simmer on it. Cause otherwise, I don't know, for me, I like can't accept stuff like that right away because I'm like, oh, that feels arrogant or like, you know, I'm like assuming something about myself. But like if I have time to ruminate on it and kind of like accept it more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think for me, it's it's just kind of like if I it's positive and negative because sometimes you know, like she's my wife, she's pointing out like, hey, this is a literal like behavior flaw that's bugging other people probably. Like you're like you're being kind of rude or something, or like oh, you've got this chip on your shoulder. I'm like, I ain't got no chip, and then I'll do therapy and be like, oh dang, 
this crazy chip on my shoulder and I'll tell her about it and she'll be like, yeah, I know. Um, That's what happens. Do you have a partner? No, no. no. Just rocking that single <laughs> life, just having yeah. cool hair, writing books and all that stuff right on. Yeah, you know, it's just, I don't, it's not like a priority for me. Um, honestly, in my life, like I have so many goals. That's like, if I met someone, that would be great. But like, I wouldn't be pursuing like something just to pursue something, you know, that's I smart. Think it's just, like time-wise right now. Like this, like the writing thing is like my baby right now. And I'm like, I need to give all of my time and energy. So yeah, <laughs> it keeps me busy. Yeah. I mean, that's really, that's good self-awareness. And I think that's a wise like it's, it's good to know what you're looking for in life and not kind of succumb into the peer pressure, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I, I don't know how old you are, but at some people, a lot of people's like certain age are like, well, you know, it's time to whatever, whatever. And yeah. for you to be like, no, nah, I'm going to keep. I'm not that age where like all thing. my friends are getting married. Like in the next year, I'm, I'm 32. I'm about to be 33. And yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's like I've gotten so many wedding invitations in the last like, couple months i'm like oh right this is like what a lot of people are doing right now yeah um we we grew up not together but my wife and i we were like big in christian world for a long time like we're we're not anymore but we were and so that was mm, maybe five years ago for us when everyone was like 23 to 26 was kind of the age where people were getting married it's a little Mm -hmm. it's a lot younger in the Christian world than it is like normal people world. I what sorry, I don't mean to say Christians aren't normal people. I'm sorry, Christian listeners, I didn't mean it that way. Um, but also you guys know what I'm talking about. Don't don't be getting heated over that, okay? Jeez. Um, but yeah, that that's that like, oh, everybody's getting married is a trip. And like we we kind of waited a longer time than most Christian couples do. So people were like, mm, what's going on with you guys? Are you guys good? And I was like, yeah, we're just, I'm not ready. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. it's like, this is the person, but I feel like I'm going to screw it up real bad. If you want, if I get married at 23, I'm going yeah. to ruin this woman's mental health. I can just feel it. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And I feel like that's like a responsibility and self-awareness that a lot of people aren't like considering when they're making these kind of decisions, which you know, is important. Yeah. I think a lot of people get caught up in, you know, checking off the boxes and they're not really thinking about whether or not that's a box they actually want to check or if they're ready to check it or whatever. It's just kind of like you go through the motions, you know, you, you graduate high school, you go to college, you you do, you get the job, you marry the person, you have the kids and, uh, and then you just wait to die. And then, you know some people are like ah maybe i don't need kids or like ah maybe i don't want to get married or or like hey maybe i want to not get the job but i want to like make the art which is a lot of like the mutuals that we know of have kind of a mix of those things you know like cuz like michael who eventually will be on the podcast once he answers my fucking emails um he's like married with kids but also he's like started this publishing company and then there's like you and there's natalia and jared and everyone's kind of like doing their thing um so yeah you got into your you write mostly like ya stuff right is that oh uh i have like one that i guess is kind of like YA because it's not there's no like um there's no like spiciness to it but the rest of my stuff is definitely adult 
Oh, okay. Word. Like, Word. <laughs> but both for like content, like violence and stuff, and like then like um the romance that I write is also very adult. So kind of from both sides. Right. But okay. I did write one that was like okay. uh safe for all ages, we'll say. Yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> and a, like your name on TikTok, not not your like because your name is your name, but then also like that nickname thing they give you yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like writer of fat main characters or something like yeah, that yeah <laughs> so i'm i'm guessing like body inclusivity is a big priority for you in your writing and i was just wondering if you could speak to that a little bit yeah sure so i kind of like when i first started writing my characters were already you know bigger body types like i am because i never really saw that but when i got into the book talk and like really kind of started reading more and more books i was realizing like there aren't any like fat or plus size main characters like happening on in any genre other than romance and i was at the time a very big fantasy reader and i was like i feel like it just makes sense to have these types of characters in these books because like you're like slinging big swords and you're doing all this like really intense stuff and i was like and i just don't understand how that's not like clicking for other people so then I was like very determined to just like, this is going to be the thing that I'm doing now. Because like originally it hadn't started out as like this quest or anything. It just was naturally happening. Mm. But then I was like, okay, no, like this has to be like something I commit to because there just isn't enough of it. And I know like I'm seeing more of it and more of it like this year, which is amazing. Like we definitely need more body diversity, like across all spectrums, like in all genders and like all identities, because it's just like there's there's not very much out there, especially if you're not reading like contemporary romance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I f I feel like 2023 is a more inclusive year for publishing. I just heard about I forget the title, but I think the author's name is Edward Underwood or Under something. But it's it's a book. It's a romance book about a trans boy who plays piano and is like out to. Uh, win this big piano competition to win back his ex-girlfriend boyfriend or something and i was just like oh that's really cool that like you know that you would have never heard about like a trans boy who plays piano as like the main character of a book like even yeah. 2019 or something like that you know so I, I think things are changing maybe for the better hopefully for the better <laughs> hopefully you know but <laughs> Yeah, but I have seen I have seen a lot of really cool like just people really like leaning into like their niches and like bringing those characters to life, which has been so cool because like we definitely need it because before I joined Book Talk, I really hadn't like exposed myself to a lot of different types of books. Honestly, I was reading like thrillers, which is all like about white men, you know, by yeah. white men, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I mean, for the ones that were like I was reading that were like the big like kind of like book list ones that are like right. obviously, you know, you know, all about that whole situation but so yeah i just like i feel like uh, my eyes have just like i've just experienced so much more and like i've loved reading so much more than i ever did because i'm like oh my gosh there's so many different things to read about and like learn about different people and cultures and like experiences so it's really cool i'm super excited to see like this pattern continue hopefully yeah i would love to see it kind of grow and change and and um expand you know um one of uh for me personally, like, I don't have that much, like, marginalization to advocate for personally, if that makes, you know, like, I'm, I'm able-bodied, I'm cisgendered, I'm a man, you know, mm -hmm. I, I come from, like, the middle class, all this stuff, so it's not like I'm bringing a lot of 
a lot of stuff. So for for me personally, I I haven't ever really seen. I'm Blasian. I'm Bruneian and black. And I've just never seen like a Blasian kind of prominently featured. It's never like explicitly stated mm-hmm. that's what they are. Um, and so I was like, okay, well maybe I'm gonna just throw myself a little you know, little Blasian character in my trilogy, and um, and then. I was like, I, he can't be little though. Like he's got, you got to have a big part, you know. So I was, yeah. I've been really enjoying writing him, and and that's kind of something that I just did for me because representation matters, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I had just seen, I don't think I've said this on the podcast, but recently I saw a video where someone's talking about a comic book crossover between the Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers, oh, and cool. yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the second volume read the first volume it's six so i'm excited for the second one but somehow the ninja turtles become human for a little bit and they come out blazing and i was like <laughs> weeping because i was like i've i grew up on the ninja turtles like yeah. and then I, like they're my they're my franchise and all of a sudden they're also blazing and like michelangelo my favorite turtle looks the most like me i was like not good that day well i was good but like I was kind it's of such an intense mess. feeling when you get that kind of validation, especially from something that you love. Like, yeah. it really is impactful. Yeah, and you never know. You you just don't know how much it's going to hit you until it hits you. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you have a moment kind of similar? Like, was there a, a story where you felt really seen that you didn't write ever that kind of opened something up for you? Yeah, there's this... Um, there's this like r- contemporary romance that's like pretty much like a- the gateway for a lot of people. Okay. Um, it's called Spoiler Alert. It's um by this author Olivia Dade, and she's a plus size woman, but her main character is plus size, and it kind of it like for me, I really appreciate it because she's very like smart and capable, and she has like this really big job, and like she just related to me as like a professional woman, kind of like not seeing myself as like this like side character, but also it has like an intersection with like fandom culture and like um like conventions and stuff so it was just really cool like all of these interests that i had like Mm. culminating into having also like this finally this positive representation that like actually felt relatable and not just like here you go here's your like cookie for convenience story (laughs) kind of thing so that was probably the one that like really kind of kicked it off for me where i was like wow this is like the first time i've ever seen someone that like i felt like i could like truly actually like itself insert and feel like i'm like the main character so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so you're a part of fandom culture. Um, not so intensely, but I feel like <laughs> I'm like I have like my toe in there, but I'm not like a real fandom like big person. But I find it interesting, and like I have been on and off throughout my life for different things, and I've never been like kind of like the person who's like posting consistently on like the message boards i don't even know if people still call them that like that's how old i feel now um but like stuff like that like i kind of just been on the outskirts but always kind of interested in it for sure for sure i i I think i'm kind of the same way like i can't really say i'm a huge fan of a lot of properties because the other fans of those properties fucking scare me yeah you know like the only ones hmm Oh, I said it can be a lot. Yeah, like I, I guess yeah. The only, f- of like the only time I've really seen a fandom not be super toxic is maybe maybe the Ninja Turtles. You know, there, <laughs> there's 
I haven't heard like yo Ninja Turtle fans are racist or anything like that. Not like Star Wars or something. And for the most part, Avatar: The Last Airbender fans are pretty chill. Until you get into like the mechanics of bending for some weird reason, <laughs> and then I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're taking it too seriously now. You're taking the fun out of it, guys. You know. Yeah, it's... I feel like that can happen when you have too many people analyzing something like on such a huge scale. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, there's this whole there's this whole genre of YouTuber that I've discovered where they just like try to decide who would win in a fight between like characters and anime. Uh-huh. And like who would win, Naruto or Goku or or Naruto or Luffy or whatever. And I'm sitting there like huh? but they're from like what? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Like why why do you care, you know? Like what does that yeah. matter? They're in different shows. They're never going to meet, bro. Like take it easy. Yeah. Um, but at the There's same time, yeah, they got a lot of passion and who am I to knock? Like, as long as it like, to me, it looks like they're getting angry and arguing. So I'm like, why would you do this? This doesn't look fun, but maybe that is their idea of fun. And who am I to knock it? Because there are other people who would be like, why would you sit and type 1500 mm-hmm. words in a day? You sicko or something like that. You know, <laughs> what do you, yeah. what do you mean? You're writing someone's character arc. That sounds boring. You know, like takes all yeah. kinds to rock the world. Um, Dude, I just found out I'm way behind on my second poetry book. Oh, that's... no. <laughs> did you have, like, a self-imposed deadline, or do you have, like, kind of things that will, like, crumble if you don't make it? <laughs> so I have things that will crumble if I don't make it, but I thought oh. I had time to make it. Um, and I was just doing the math, like, before we got on this call, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I have to finish. Like, it has to be completely finished in six weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I feel like I'm in a similar boat. I'm like finishing my second book right now, and like, I'm, it's due to my final editor in like two weeks, and I'm like still revising the final chapters and stuff, and it has to go to beta readers. And I'm like, this is like, I need like every second of every day at this point, like to make it. Oh well, then thank you so much for being here. Like, appreciate oh, yeah, happy that. To be here. <laughs> that was probably a little dramatic, but I yeah. mean, like, you know, I'm just like, yeah. I can't be like taking a day to like watch TV, like binge watch shows or anything. Right, know? right, okay. Um, yeah, how many rounds of, I've heard, like, because I've never, I haven't finished my novel, and I think that's going to have to go on the back burner to finish this other thing, yeah. um, because I can't do two things at once. I'm just not that, not that guy. <laughs> but um, I, I was listening to this podcast. This woman talked about doing five rounds of edits, um, and I was like, is that a lot? That sounds like a lot. You know, I would have thought three, but yeah. you mean like she was going through her own manuscript that time? That many times? Like no, no, like it? with her editors and stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. Okay, um, good. That makes me I'm feel also better. Like, I think everyone has their own process, though. Like right. mine's very different than a lot of people I talk to. Like, I kind of edit as I go, which a lot of people say don't do, but like it works for me, so I'm gonna do it. You know? Yeah. Uh, because I have to, like, for me, like, writing, I have to have, like, the beginning, like, super refined to even be able to write the rest of it. Like, I have to have, like, a really good foundation of, like, what's going to be going on and, like, the vibes to be able to, like, mm. write past that. So, 
yeah my my editing process is super chaotic compared to like people who go through the manuscript like straight through a bunch of times mine's like more choppy than that but it worked i mean i think it works out just fine <laughs> well as long as your editor um you know is feeling good and feel like is given the stuff that they need to do their job in their way it's probably fine right Oh, yeah. Like, I do all of that kind of, like, scrambling before I send it to my editors. Right. Um, for the most part, like, because, like, so I'm working with a developmental editor right now. But, yeah. like, she's, we're on the same page about me, like, kind of adding in things, like, as we go and just, like, keep having that line of communication open. But, like, when it goes to, like, the proofreader, I have, you know, I can't be in there. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be done kind of thing. So, like, it depends on, like, the stage it's at. But, yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. Like, I was talking about this yesterday, like, Kind of like the juggling act and like the logistics of being like of publishing something is really interesting to have to work and coordinate with other people. Yeah, no doubt. Um, with my poetry books, it's a little. I think the team's a little smaller and the the stuff's a little less intense because there's so so fewer words and mm -hmm. there's less things that need to be like cohesive per se. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like my first one, you know, you could read it all the way through or you could flip through and it doesn't matter. And I did that on purpose, but I was like, it doesn't have to be that streamlined. Whereas like one little change in chapter three to like some habit the character has changes the rest of the book could change the series depending on, yeah. you know, what we're talking about. You know, mm -hmm. can you... Um, Where does that process like editing poetry I, I honestly don't i'm not familiar with it well um i think i didn't really go through a developmental editing process really i just what like i self-edited it as best as i could and be like is that how i would say that because i'm more known as like a spoken word artist and a performance poet so in my head, I was like, okay, then I just need to write it so that it, like, you can read it and it's not awkward. And also, that is what I would say. Yeah. So I had to be kind of, like, self-critical in that sense, you know? Because, like, I had to find a way to um, put it, put on the page so it, it would kind of sound like the way, uh, like, I have a poem that's, uh, that goes, like, no one gets out of this life alive. No one gets out of this life alive. So I had to like break the poem up so that each time I would take a pause, people could get a sense of that when they're reading it. Um, and then there's just copy editing. And some other people work with poetic editors where the poet, the editor will say like, hey, you could write that better. or You could dig a little deeper or whatever. But I tried that with a couple different people and I just kept like, they kind of kept telling me that it was like fine or that I was, that I was dope. They're like, yeah, no, it's great. And I was like, okay, then I'm just going to have to be like really harsh with myself. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. you know, just kind of put on, put on my best impression of my old boxing coach and be like, man, what are you doing? Thought you could hit harder <laughs> than that. You know, like get, you know. <laughs> kind of channel my own toxic masculinity and get that poetry <laughs> out of me. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a little simpler, I think, because, you know, poetry, it, a lot of people say there's no rules or whatever. So then that even the, the copy editing can change if, you know, some people, they want no capitalization in their stuff at all. And mm -hmm. they're like, ayo, fuck periods. 
It's all commas, <laughs> baby. We're putting all the M dashes in here and all that kind of shit. So it's like, you know, it, it'll change from poet to poet, I think, because they take grammar a little less seriously than when you're writing prose. So mm-hmm. I'm terrified of my novel. Like, I'm like typing away. And I'm just like, what am I doing, man? Like, I'm not ready for this, you know? And um, yeah. I'm probably going to self-edit it like three times before I send it to beta readers and then mm-hmm. send it to a developmental editor. Um, <laughs> I think I think I want to work with, uh, I don't even know her actual name, but Swunders on TikTok. It sounds familiar, She's I have a, such a hard time remembering people's like screen, like the the their screen names and stuff. <laughs> she's a she's an editor. She's cool. She's just kind of like another like I don't know. She's cute black lady. That's all. I, she just seems fun, you know. I'm just like, oh, we'll probably work well together. Yeah, it's you good know? to find someone that you like jive with personally, like because you're gonna be going through and like taking apart your work basically. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to like the person that you're working with for sure yeah um that part also kind of scares me but i i i just see that as like oh like that's what you have to do mm-hmm. you know because i've seen what happens I've, I've read reviews or seen reviews of people who <laughs> didn't do that and i'm like oh yeah i don't want to be one of them yeah yeah it's definitely like either way you're getting critique and feedback but like if you can do the editing thing I feel like it will pay it will pay off like it's worth it mm-hmm. but like I understand why a lot of people can't do it but like for me like I have to do it because I can't handle the alternative <laughs> and I like like you said like because I've always written kind of like poetry and like very kind of free form like more emotional stuff as like a writer writing prose and like writing a book is very difficult for me like as far as punctuation goes because I am one of those people who's like but but like these rules like do we really need them all the time like are they all necessary my editor would literally be screaming right now if she hears this um (laughs) but like i have a really hard time with that so i absolutely need help to write a book um especially like with fantasy because i'm definitely wordier like with my romance stuff it's like a lot more short kind of sentence structure so it's easier but yeah my fantasy, I need a lot of help because I do also tend to write kind of like lyrically, which I like as a style for me. But like it can get a little bit like out of control and like hard to read it sometimes. So it's it's helpful to have someone go in there and be like, I see what you're doing, but like it's not working in this particular situation, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like lyrical style is kind of like, like, you know, it's like flavor of food, you know, as soon as there's too much, it's bad. Yeah. And if there's not enough, it's like, what even is this? You know? And, and I, I, and that's, I don't know why, but for some people, some people really hate that writing style. I love it, (laughs) but some people hate it. Like, um, I don't know how you feel about the invisible life of Addie LaRue or if you've even read it, but yeah, somebody's called it absurd nonsense. And I was like, that seems, that seems a little bit much like it's kind of, slow but i wouldn't call it nonsense like i could follow it you know what i mean i was like it's not hard to follow it's you know yeah i i really liked that that style of writing but it was very 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 slow um there was a lot of things i actually did like about it but the writing was like my something i really was drawn to because it was very lyrical and like Mm -hmm. prosy like 
I, I agree that there with a lot of the flaws of the book, but like that was one of the things where I was like, I really enjoyed that. I couldn't read a ton of books like that, like back to back, but like here and there, I really enjoy them. Yeah, that was that book was like uh my introduction to that author. And I was like, Oh yeah, cool. I liked it. You know, I was like I was pretty sad at the end because I liked the the male love interest. I was like, damn, yeah. sucks for him. And I was pretty upset. And I was like, I'm going to try other stuff that she wrote. And I've reread the other stuff, but not, I've never touched Addie LaRue again. Cause yeah, it's I like, don't think I would reread it. Yeah, um, like Vicious and Vengeful and the Shades of Magic series are just more, like it's kind of a similar, it's not quite as lyrical but it's similar because it's it's her authorial voice, but yeah. it's more exciting. Like there's more interesting things going on, and yeah, it's a good review of all of V.E. Schwab stuff that I've read. I think I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've I've wanted to read more of her work, but like I think a lot of us can relate. There's just so many things to read. Like I can never. I say I'm gonna read something, and then like I have 20 other books on my plate like right away. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh man. I like when are you one of those people that can read like twenty books in a month? Uh not while writing. I could read a lot while I was just reading, but now absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Cause like I remember like first day of February, there's a bunch of people like, I read fifteen books in January. I read twenty three <laughs> books in January and I'm like Oh, I'll just go <laughs> fuck myself with my six, okay? Right. I mean, I'm lucky if I get like three in right now, like while I'm like kind of heavy on yeah, the writing sure. because it's just mm -hmm. like my free time is me like I'll lay in bed and like ty like type on my phone like sometimes instead of like reading. So that kind of like takes up a lot of my reading time. But yeah, I would say no, I'm not like a usual big month reader anymore because I have like other things yeah. that are taking my attention. But it's, I'm impressed when people can read like 30, 20, 30 bucks a month, books a month. It's It's a lot. I'm scared of them, you know. <laughs> uh, they freak me out. I, I, you know, maybe that's bad on me, but I'm just like, nah, I don't, I don't play like that. No, thank you. Um, I think it's audio book listeners for the most part, and I, I'm like one of those people who like constantly has to rewind my audio books because they get distracted. Mm, so yeah. <laughs> couldn't be me. Yeah, I just, I just finished an audio book today. And in order to finish it, I was like, I have to crank this up to two X. And I was like, this is weird. I can't, I have not been, I have not gone to two X level yet. I'm like 1.5 maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend it. I was just like, I was like, I'm either finishing this today or I'm DNFing it because I can't care, you know, like, uh, um, it's the unbroken by CL Clark and, I was like mm -hmm. maybe halfway through and I was like, I don't care about any of these people and you all annoy me. Um, yeah. So, you know, either we're finishing this today or I'm DNFing you because I, I couldn't muster up a single fuck to give about you. And I'm <laughs> yeah. so glad that I did dial it up to 2X because the ending was like, that was intense. A lot of twists yeah. and turns, a lot of betrayal. I was like, ooh. <laughs> That's not a spoiler, by the way, guys. It's... I'm just telling you, it was good. 
<laughs> Y'all should read it. I mean, it's nice when that works out. I'm a big DNFer, though. I'm like, yeah. as soon as I don't feel like emotionally invested anymore, I'm like, I got way too many things to be doing. <laughs> like, I'm just going to read something else. Because I I used to be really bad at it. But this the last year, I've really just gotten so cutthroat about it. <laughs> yeah, well, life's too short to read stuff you don't enjoy. I personally think, unless... um. Unless you're raincoat books, in which case I will read whatever you send me because, you know, it's an arc and that's my job now, apparently. Um, so I will totally do that and I will not DNF anything you send me. Thank you so much. Um, and tour, if you're listening for some reason, same deal. Send me send me all of it. I don't even care. Well, yeah, and then also like you're, you're writing. So... Here's a question that I haven't asked a ton of other writers, but it's something that I keep meaning to ask is like reading and writing simultaneously. Does that trip you up at all? Because I can't listen. Like when I used to write songs, like if I knew I was going into the studio to write songs for people, I wouldn't listen to any music for a couple of days. So there wasn't anything in my head. Mm -hmm. Does that trip you up at all? Um, I think when I first started writing, I was more like, I would get more in my head about it. But now that like, I feel like I've written quite a few things, like even though most of them have been shorter, I feel like I've kind of gotten like my own kind of like habits going and stuff. So I don't really need to like avoid like any particular genre or like any books during the time I'm writing. Cause I'm always writing now. Like okay. I haven't really had more than one day off of writing since I started. No days off. Okay. Just on that writing grind. All right. <laughs> yeah. Because even when I try not to, I'll have a new story idea and I'll have to write notes about it. You know, like it's, it, I just can't <laughs> stop, um, which is a great problem to have for someone who wants to make this like their thing. So, but yeah, no, I used to avoid certain genres though, because I felt like I would be like absorbing too much of like something similar and like mm. somehow copy that. But like that has not happened and I don't really think that's going to happen. So I'll usually read like something maybe like, lighter than what i'm ready at the time but i i don't really have that problem anymore when you say lighter do you mean in tone or like what do you mean yeah in tone like i write like usually for the most part like my focus is like dark darker stuff like dark fantasy and dark romance um so i'll read like for example i just finished like a contemporary or i'll read like nonfiction or something okay it just kind of depends what i'm working on really but yeah lighter tone and like maybe even just like easier um like something that's not as like as much information to comprehend so like right. i'm not really reading fantasy right now because i need like all of my brain power <laughs> to be like fully functioning and focused on this book right yeah that's fair i i have like kind of i, I would say that that i i was sa saying this to natalia and hernandez um, that like I kind of have like a jock brain and so when it comes to like writing it's definitely influenced how I approach it and so I read a lot of fantasy either audiobook or like hardback or whatever and the whole time I'm like analyzing it I'm like okay why does this work why doesn't this work what would I do differently oh okay and it's like it's like I'm watching the them dribble with their left hand and I'm like, okay, cool. I could, I could dribble with my left hand for sure, but I wouldn't dribble it that high. I'd go a little lower, you know, I'd t you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, it, it's, it's almost a problem where I can't just enjoy things anymore. I think that happens to a lot of authors, honestly. Good, good. 
But I'm not like a critical reader, honestly. Like I'll be perfectly honest. Like I'm not, <laughs> I honestly like, I feel like I'm not even that great of a beta reader because I'm like, as soon as I'm invested in something or if I like, I'm just like an easy to please person as far as entertainment goes. Like I'm not like very critical of entertainment. Like as far as like, oh, this prose could have been better. Like I'm like, oh, this is the author style. Like I like it. Like, you know, right. so, like, I feel like my brain just kind of like switches off. Like, of course, I'm still absorbing the information. Like, I will catch yeah. things. Like, I still catch things that I would, like, catch during, like, if I was doing a sensitivity read. Like, I'm not, like, zoned out necessarily, but I'm not, like, critiquing it in, or comparing it to my writing or, like, looking for things unless I, like, go into the mindset. Like, when I sit down to put that, pick up that book, if I want to do that, I have to be like, okay, we're looking for, like, this type of stuff. If not, then I just go, like, movie movie mode, and I'm just, like, in it. <laughs> I'm worse with movies, but, yeah, for sure. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, well, I'm like this with all all media, pretty much. Like, I just kind of like go into an old, like a, a whole other world. Like, I'm not even thinking like I would just sitting down and like analyzing something. That's a good way to live, though, because you're being more present and you're just able to enjoy the thing. Like, I kind of wish I wasn't like that. You know, who wishes I wasn't like that the most though <laughs> is my wife. She's like, can we just <laughs> fucking finish the movie, dude? Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I. I convinced her to sit and watch the Power Rangers movie from like 2017. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I was like, that's a Breakfast Club reference. That's Star Wars. <laughs> you know, she's like, I don't care, dude. Like, I just want to. I don't even like the Power Rangers, bro. Like, just shut up. It was so funny. Yeah. I felt so I bad for her. Like two camps of people there's the people who are like that and then there's people who like are like me and i think they always find each other because my best friend's like that and we watch movies together i'm like i just want to watch it yeah <laughs> she'll like pause it and tell me stuff or like stuff like that so yeah, or she'll pause it sure. yeah or just like talk through it and i'm like okay well i just missed like i don't even know what's happening anymore <laughs> like, okay i want people who have to have like quiet like when i want like watch mm -hmm. some things i want to like disappear into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah i don't pause it that's, that feels like too much. The only time I pause it is if we're watching like a superhero movie and my wife has questions, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. Wait, so like why why did they focus on that specific thing? And I'm like, click. You, you see that's an Easter egg because, you know, in the comic books, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, okay, sick, great, thanks. And then like, again, yeah, no or just click, <laughs> keep going. But if it's... You know, if she doesn't have a question, I, I don't hit the pause button. That seems not fair. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think it just, like, everyone has, like, their little, like, preferences while they're watching things. And I, I think you notice them more when you're, like, the opposite of someone. You're like, mm, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan, the editor of this podcast, he and I are very similar so sometimes we can't watch something with other people because we wreck it for them. We're having a blast. Yeah. But we're like roasting the movie or whatever. Um, just it's so funny. I, I love think it's really fun though. Oh yeah, we're having we're having fun. You know, and that's that's what matters most to us. Yeah. But um, and then it, but his wife is like, his wife is way better at roasting movies than us because she thinks most of what we watch together is stupid <laughs> so she's like full-on like insulting the movie we're just like teasing it she's yeah, like gloves yeah. off let's go and i'm like <laughs> it's her opportunity to vent <laughs> maybe i don't know 
Shout out Victoria one time. You're dope. You're great. He's probably going to play that clip for her now, so just thought I'd throw it out there. You know, she's great. Um, Wait, sorry. So you mentioned you had a second book out. How many? You have more than one out already, don't you? Yeah, so I have, um, like, my debut novel. It's, like, a full-length fantasy. And then I had, like, I originally, when I first, my first publication was in an anthology. And I took that story because it was a novella length. And I just had it re-edited and republished as, like, its own novella. Um, So, yeah, I have those two out. And then I have the second book that goes with my full-length fantasy coming out uh, pretty soon. Okay, 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 cool. Sweet. Sorry, I think... I may have just like created like a whole like what is a what is the book version of a discography? I don't know what that's called. I don't know. But backlist? like something like that. I think I just invented a backlist in my brain just from like <laughs> um TikTok or whatever, you know, it's like everything's moving so fast and um yeah. And I think I th- you're like one of four Alexis's that I follow. So there's a good chance I may just be getting people confused. That's fair. I do that all the time. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, it's really funny. I think a lot of people think that my, like, cause I, my name on TikTok is my name, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of them think that they're supposed to say the whole thing. So I get emails back and they're like, Hey, D Fredder. And I'm like, Oh, you can just say D that's fine. That's, that's my first name it's it's cool it's so hard though when you see people's like like screen names and you're like okay what 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 are the parts here what's happening yeah. but like yours seems pretty easy to guess but i guess not not every time and and i think you know because other people's usernames can be something or other you know yeah. like you just you're just trying to be as respectful as possible that's fine um yeah yeah, I wouldn't know either, honestly, looking at it. It could be a lot of different things. <laughs> could be mains, you know, something yeah. wild. Uh, was <laughs> yeah. doing attendance in school is probably annoying. Uh, Yeah, they messed up at my senior graduation, which really was, like, the, <laughs> the worst one. <laughs> That's... I had, like, gone to that school all four years, and I was like, okay, thanks. That's cool. That's fine. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. What can you do? You know, I still got the degree, so. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, they, they didn't, they just kind of didn't know who I was at my senior graduation. So they're just like, yeah, that guy, he um plays a lot of guitar. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Yeah. Because it was like the, the, the volleyball coach and the science teacher was the one handing it out. So it's like I didn't take the sciences and I didn't play volleyball, so they didn't know me. Oh man. Um and that seems like a weird thing for them to do. Like how many kids do they really know that well, you know? <laughs> yeah, they knew the volleyball kids and that was it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. My art teacher though, he he gave me a little he gave me like a I'm proud of you for graduating speech afterwards because we were pretty sure I wasn't gonna, so yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I he mean was dope. It, it's nice to have that support from the teachers that you like really resonate with. Oh yeah, he was like he he definitely like saved me in high school because I wasn't gonna graduate, and then he basically gave me detention as an excuse to tutor me and help me with my homework so that I could graduate. 
That's amazing. He's a dope guy. Um, and I don't think he's teaching anymore. Last time I kind of heard he's just doing art full time. So he does like, you know, paintings and photography and just that's awesome. Being a, I think he also farms. Yeah. He farms, paints and does photography. <laughs> sounds like a nice life. Yeah. He's a, he's a cool dude. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like quizzy to me. Like for sure. Went in. I, I wish I could just paint and do photography and farm but I got things I want to write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is your writing process going? Like how far in there? And do you have like a game plan and stuff for it? Or are you just kind of like letting it happen? Um, With the novel or with the poem? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The novel. <clears throat> uh, so with the novel, the process is, I've, I hmm. it's good but like mentally it's not good if that makes sense yeah so like writing poetry for me like when i get into my poetry writing mode it feels good like i'm like excited you know something's coming out of me i'm like oh man this is dope i'm excited these bars after bars after bars oh, i feel so good um tight like anything post outline with novel writing i'm like what am i doing what is this? <laughs> this is terrible. Oh, yeah. man. People are going to make fun of me. Oh, man. And I'm going to freak out. I'm going to be the next Piper CJ. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and so I get, but I think the process is pretty, like, fleshed out. Like, I spent a lot of time uh, making sure I liked just all the pieces floating around my head. Then I put them in a notebook and kind of organized them to an outline, made a more formal outline and a Word doc. And so it's like each chapter has a list of things that I need to happen. And mm -hmm. then I just pull up a Word doc and I'm like, all right, chapter three, go. I try to bang out like a chapter a week. But since I just realized that I'm behind with my second poetry book, I'm like, hmm, might have to put that on pause and focus on this poetry book. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to juggle projects for sure. And they're so different, right? Like, you know, like even just how I think of them is so mm -hmm. different. So I'm like, I don't know if I can balance these two. Um, so I might chip away at my novel when I'm like bored, but I'm until things are kind of out of my hands with my poetry book, I might have to hold off on that. What about you? What's your like from, you know, idea to final book what's the journey like for you um i would say i kind of do something similar as far as like putting bullet points for like different chapters mm -hmm. um but it, it it's um it's pretty chaotic i'm not gonna lie i'm a chaotic writer i just kind of i'm a i'm a pantser nice yeah 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 so i'm trying to be more more of a pantser which is like kind of a plotter and a pantser because I'm realizing that the pantsing is like making me have to edit more, which I don't enjoy. I think a lot of us can agree on that. Um, so yeah, like usually I'll just like literally have like a character like show up in my head and then I'll be like, okay, I have to write their story and then I'll just start writing bullet points. And then kind of like from there, it just like comes out. <laughs> and then Word. It's, it's sometimes it's all over the place um, as far as like the writing process. Like I said, like sometimes I'll go back and like revise, 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 like mm -hmm. these couple chapters. Um, so it's not very like linear in that respect. But once I get it to like 
the point where it's like more cohesive and like it's making sense as like flowing through a story i'll bring other people in and like have them give opinions and like mm-hmm. you know be like i like i usually have like sensitivity readers and beta readers and like i'm trying out the alpha reader thing this time around because i needed like a condensed timeline an alpha reader is like someone who reads it as you write it oh no <laughs> which uh-uh. i didn't think i could do but since i got like I gave them like batches of chapters and it's it's working out pretty well because I feel like I'm spending less time kind of like in that stage where you're like, what is it missing? And like, kind of like doing a lot of that, like digging work yourself because the alpha reader is going through and being like, Hey, you need to add like more depth here or like more explanation here. And I'm like, this is saving me a lot of time because okay. I'm just like, cause I've already done like the foundation, but like, I feel like you can just like overthink so much when you're going back and doing that yourself and like what's missing. Cause like I'll like spend so much time doing that. Like my first book took me, I want to say like literally an entire year to write where this one's taking me like actual sitting time, like maybe three months. So like, oh, that's very it, different. Yeah. Well, I was also like brand new and now I've written like a bunch of short stories. So I've like learned to kind of like, I've really refined like how I go about the writing process. So it's been really, it's, it's interesting to see how vastly different it is. So like, I'm excited and I'm hoping this is like my new process because it's so much faster. Word. Okay. Um, Cool. I didn't, I didn't know what an alpha reader was. I learned something today. Are you, you're independent, right? You're not with a publisher. Yeah, I'm independent. Right on. Was there a reason that you decided to go independent versus like querying and uh, doing that? root yeah so i didn't really know much about independent publishing until i joined book talk like as a reader okay and then i kind of like fell down the hole of like becoming like super like enamored by the idea because i felt very restricted by kind of like what i was seeing as far as like what publishers were looking for mm. like it didn't fit what i wanted to be writing and I, and the reason i think i never finished it before is i was trying to write to publishers expect like publishers what they're looking for and those weren't the stories i wanted to write they were like mm. just not fitting me so i would just quit them i have so many like dead <laughs> dead start stories which i might end up reusing but i kind of changed a lot as a person so i don't really see that happening yeah. but i i just was never fine like i was never able to like really commit to something because i wasn't having that like moment where i was like oh yeah i'm excited about this like this is what i want to do so when i found out about self-publishing I was just like, this is it. This is like exactly what I need to do. This is perfect for me because also like I want people who like, I have such a like clear vision of what I want something to be in my head, like the aesthetics for it and like the vibe and like just the themes. And like, I don't really feel like I could pass that off to someone like completely. Like I had a hard time collaborating with people I collaborate with now, even though I trust them and I know they're amazing and I picked them for a reason. I have a really hard time letting go of that control. Um, so it was really about like baby. one- Huh? It's your baby, yeah. like we were talking about like <laughs> earlier on the podcast. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But like luckily I've met so many awesome people that I've had to work with me where I'm like, this is so much better. Like I don't have the skills to do those things. So of course I need to find people. But it's nice to have like the like control and final say over what the final product is, basically, which is like my main goal of like being an indie publisher. Yeah. And I, I guess the you know, when you're talking traditional publishing, the big question for them is like, how is this going to sell or is this going <laughs> to sell? And when you're indie publishing, you as like the the CEO of this publishing house of one, uh, it's is this true? 
to me. Yeah. You know, does this, is this on mission? Is this part of the vision? And it sounds to me like that's more important to you than sales. I mean, sales are important, you know, if you wanted this to be your thing, of course, but you know, I think sometimes people will water themselves down in order to be more consumable and Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem like your vibe. Yeah, not at all. And it's something I really had to grapple with. I I have a very specific brand of like what I want to write and I can't do anything but that because I'm just like I want to be authentic. Yeah. But it is hard to like really realize like when you do do something that's like not cohesive with like what's selling or cohesive with what like is trending like you're you're not you're going to have a harder time like kind of crawling up that hill. Um and for me I had really hoped that like I could be an exception because you see that all the time on TikTok. You see the ex- exceptions. And like, I didn't think that was the reality, but I definitely felt like it was still a blow when that didn't happen. Like, even though I was being realistic, it's just like, you know, you always think like, oh, maybe I could be. And like, I definitely, definitely was not one of those exceptions at all. Um, but I, I definitely think like I'm doing the thing that will make me happier in the long run. Like keep my passion because I think if I don't stay like, doing exactly what I want to do I would burn out pretty quickly so and I have faith like I'll find my readers and like I'll draw in the right people as like I grow as a writer and like continue to put stuff out like I think it's just going to be a slow uphill climb but like I think it will be worth it to like keep my interest and like love for what Mm -hmm. I do yeah I mean I, I feel like I have the same kind of reasoning behind why I you know I'm going to go into with my novel. I think poetry book, it was way more like, oh, that's everyone I know who's everyone I know who's done it, just did it through KDP. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, um, because of my background in music, I just kept approaching things like, oh, this is, this is KDP is TuneCore or it's Mm -hmm. DistroKid. Oh, a book is like a poet's mixtape. Okay, I get it. Um, and then, you know, getting on book talk adjacent, um, seeing all these indie people, it's like, oh, that seems way more fun and mm-hmm. way more like I'm getting a sense of who they are than just, you know, something through Tor or Orbit or Angry Robots or whatever. But if any of y'all want to send me your books, that's fine too. I'll review them. I'll review the fuck out of them and it'll be funny. Just got to get them, you know, got to get them wherever I can. Um, yeah. Shameless self-promotion, you know. I love it. <laughs> no, I um I started a second TikTok account that's doing terrible where I'm just like talking about books kind of and mm-hmm. like doing like awkward get ready with me videos for some reason. Um, my friend really likes them and I don't know why. I don't get it, but whatever. Hmm? It sounds like fun to me. I love Get Ready With You videos. I guess like, I feel like more confident people usually do them. So I'm out here just kind of like, please don't look at me. But also I'm going to show you what I'm going to wear. But also like if you could not look at my face (laughs) or the rest of me, that would be amazing. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But for some reason, she's like, yo, keep doing this. And she like, I hit up my coffee link and was like, here's a bribe. So you keep doing these videos. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Like, 
love supportive friends like that. It's awesome. Yeah, she's great. Shout out Jameson one time. Um, shoot, there's something else I wanted to ask you, but I can't remember what it was. But that's okay. We've been going for a minute, so we can get into the questions that we ask all our guests, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I'm ready. Right on. What's a story that you used to tell yourself about yourself that you don't believe anymore? I used to tell myself that being an author was a pipe dream and it was never actually going to happen. And here we are. You know? Now you're doing it. Now you're out here. Dope. That's a good answer. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> do you ever experience burnout? Yeah, I think I think I'm uh, experiencing that right now. How <laughs> timely? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, with any kind of creating, like creating, especially like for financial gain, it's easy to burn out, almost inevitable. Um, but burnout versus like giving up is very different for me. I definitely feel like I need a break, and I'll get one soon. But like, I'm definitely okay. feeling the the burn <laughs> right, right about now. So how do you how do you deal with burnout? How do you like restore your soul? Um, I like to like give myself a lot of breaks. I'm definitely one of those people who like treats myself very well when I get to like that point. So like, um, I'll like do special little things that like perk me up, like say like spend that extra five dollars on an iced coffee. If I really like, if I'm really having a bad day and like tired okay, or like letting myself spend an hour where I should be productive, making a playlist that will make me feel better, you know, like. I try and like weave in little moments for myself or like little motivators that will help me feel like I can keep going even when I am in that kind of burnout phase. All right. Excellent answers. Thank you so much. Um, okay. And then if you could go back in time to talk to a younger version of yourself, what age are you going to talk to? And what's one thing you would say, hey, don't fret about I think I would probably go back to when I was 23 and graduating from college and I just felt like so lost in the world. I would tell myself like, stay true to what you believe in yourself and like, don't let other people tell you that you have to conform to something that you're not to succeed because you can do things your way. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. And if people want to say what's up on social media is uh, what are your handles? Yeah, you can find me at um, Alexis C. Manis on uh, TikTok and Instagram. The other platforms I've kind of given up on. So those will be the two. Fair enough. Links in the show notes below. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you being on the Don't Fret podcast. And everyone else, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Fret podcast. She's been Alexis Manis. I've been D. Fretter. Y'all have a good rest of your week. Be safe and be smooth. Peace out.